0: Hey guys, just a quick announcement before we start, this podcast now has an Instagram page, it's called Making Sense of Chaos, all one word, and we'd love to start a little community over there, so if you could give us a follow, that would be awesome. Now, back to the episode.
1: think about my own mortality through all of this and like it's you it gets you thinking, um, why do young people get cancer? But then you're you think, um I I personally believe there's a plan for everybody in this world. There's a reason you come into this world, there's a reason you don't come into this world and um I think that there was a plan. There was it was just it was set in stone that there was I don't know, but it's, that's my
0: belief. I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Maddie.
0: And this is Making Sense of Chaos.
1: A podcast about death and dying, love, grief and hope.
0: On our show, we talk to all kinds of people. Who through various trajectories have found themselves trying to explain the unexplainable,
1: trying to accept the unacceptable,
0: trying to make sense of chaos.
1: M- I'm Michael, I'm 23, live in Melbourne. I was diagnosed with a brain tumour at the age of five years old. On my brain stem, it was called a polycystic astrocytoma. January 2015, I developed another, um, there was more fluid in my brain, so they needed more surgery. Um, so then that's when they found that the tumour had progressed greatly and they needed to have an attempt at resecting it because previously it was too dangerous to resect. So there was no, um, the, how do you say it, the, the, the benefits outweighed the risk, mm-hmm. but now the, the risk outweighs the benefits. Right. uh, Yeah, kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, So they tried and they failed. So I was in hospital for about... uh, There was a huge surgery. It was about seven to nine hours long. I don't even know. Um, And I was... It was at the children's hospital. And um, it didn't work. And then I started again on chemotherapy. And then I got really sick from that, about 26 admissions having having high temperatures being vomiting um not yeah it was it was horrible it was horrible and then um i was doing okay and then this year no last year in october they found that it started going again so i had the surgery it was the worst experience of my entire life they weren't so with brain surgery yeah what they don't tell you is you're not allowed to have medication afterwards Mm. You're not allowed to have any pain meds. So I was in the most agony I've ever had, having a a wound from the top of my head to the base of my neck, um, about 30 centimetres, and no medication whatsoever. No pain meds. What did it feel like? It was like... You've never been stabbed, so I can't... (laughs) It was like being stabbed
0: i have been stabbed i actually have been stabbed so yeah so
1: yeah, yeah. it's like it's like being stabbed continuously and oh. then they um the doctors don't care and they were like we can't give you any medication and i walked off and i was like uh ah, yeah so after the surgery also i was vo- i vomited continuously for four days oh my God. and i lost about four kilos because i didn't eat and i wasn't they put me after i was vomiting for so much my body couldn't handle eating so they put me on a liquid diet for about a week and that was disgusting Mm. i was eating chicken broth and um a smoothie smoothie um egg white it was disgusting (laughs) and then yeah it it was the worst thing i've ever eaten and then um the uh, the upside to this story is they took I was that was at the Royal Melbourne and then um, because it was COVID at the time, um they, t- the private hospitals were taking public patients, mm. so my um, my neurosurgeon was like, hey, do you want to go to a private hospital for rehab? So they took me to the Epworth, mm. and if you've never been to the Epworth, the Epworth is the best hospital in Victoria, and it has like. Um, five-star food, I was eating burgers and parmas and steaks and, and lobster oh, and um, and calamari and um, uh, anything you can think of, they had it on the menu. And there was chocolate brownies with fudge for dinner and there was a, a butler that would come see you every half hour to see if you were hungry. And they'd bring you it on a silver platter and they'd be like, have a good have a good meal, sir. And they'd, they'd just that make you feel like a king um i think I, I apparently i looked at they told me the bill at the end of the, the six weeks i was there four weeks i was there whatever it was and it was about forty thousand dollars <laughs> uh, is
0: this epworth richmond
1: epworth richmond yeah <laughs> the best place i've ever been
0: yeah my my partner he, uh, used to work there and she always talked about how it's a different world to a
1: it's a different hospital. world to public hospital Oh my god! Yeah. And then I went back to the public system, and oh, it's the worst shit ever. Oh, going back. I was yeah. eating uh, at the real mall when I was eating um, uh, what it was, was corn beef for oh. dinner, and at the at the airport I was eating I fillet steak.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, you went from a
1: hundred to zero.
0: Yeah. God. And it probably makes your experience a lot different, doesn't
1: it? Yeah. Um, if you've got money, you, your hospital stays a lot different. Yeah. But sadly, I don't have that cup of money, but oh well. Is this still recording? Yeah, it is good. Um, so yeah, um, I had, then after I finished treatment, I finished rehab for the six weeks. That's when I started TikTok. Right. Mm. While I was in rehab, while I was going through this operation. If you go through my TikToks, um, uh, so for those watch, for those listening, I started a TikTok because of my my cancer diagnosis, and I've gained about two and a half thousand followers from it, and I've built up a, um, a community that's helps um, that is around me, and that's how I met these guys who. Yeah. Um, through tiktok now they're interviewing me about this thing exactly (laughs) Yes. so michael what was the aim when you first started i just wanted i just wanted to document it to have it there so i could show like my kids or something yeah this is how much shit i went through and then i also want to be able to um to show that other young people and other people going through the same same thing that um it's it's fucking shit but you'll get through it you'll have the chemo you'll have the surgery you will be in the worst pain of your life but you'll you'll you can fight and get through it you um it's it's yeah it's it's, it's shit life's shit but you have to get up and kick it off. um but um then after my surgery um i um what did i after my surgery, I went and saw my oncologist, and he wanted to, he started me into chemotherapy, and um, I did two doses of that. At the first dose, I got really, really unwell, and I my electrolytes just just I had none left, I and mean, I needed infusions and blood transfusions and everything. Um, and then I had another one in, on the twelfth of twelfth of February this year, like this month. Um, and I needed more transfusions and more infusions, and so they decided to stop my chemo because they said it was gonna. And my heart was not was giving out, so um, they stopped my chemo, and now I'm in palliative care. So if you don't know what palliative care is, palliative care is when they've got no other options, and you're just like they're gonna treat you with the best medication and stuff they've got as for as long as they can to make you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. What does that mean to you, Michael? When uh,
1: uh, they're saying you're probably, probably not going to die from this in the next 10 years. But you might die in the next 30. So, right. it's just like managing the symptoms. Because I can't have any more chemo at all. I mean, they could get rid of the tumour if they did more chemo. But it's not safe to do anymore because I won't survive it. So, right. they said, um, might as well just let yourself... Enjoy life while you're while you can. Um, You're young, Mm. you're resilient. Might as well just we'll we'll give you medication to manage. I started seeing a psychiatrist. I've got a bunch of different people in my life. I got see a dietitian. I've cut out all sugars and um, sweets and fast food. I feel so much better. Mm. Um, uh, I've I've lost. uh, Oh, one thing about chemo chemo is the best weight loss product on the market. I went from being 74 kilos at the Epworth to being 67 now in two weeks. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, because you're constantly vomiting, you're constantly unwell, so you, you just lose, it Just the weight flies off. How do you deal with that constant vomiting? and um, Lots of medications and lots of IV treatment. But with your, in your head, how do you keep Uh, going with you you, experiencing so much the suffering, you know? You go get through it. You just, there's nothing else you can do. You either just take it on the chin or you sit down and die. Mm. So I I just took it as it came and yeah, it was fine. Um, So yeah, um, I've. The, we have spoken about death quite a few times in my appointments um I see my palliative care doctor once a week um once Um, we're gonna I'm gonna I'll be back in a second my foot's gone um it's all <laughs> all <right>. <laughs> 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 it's just to my foot in the ground i wake it up um so yeah um I've spoken to my palliative care doctor quite a few times about death and she's um said that whatever happens we're here to support you um you're you, we hope that it never gets to that point but if it does, we're here to support you all the way through it um, there's, unfortunately there's, this can, this type of tumour doesn't react to many types of treatment mm. but I've had uh, 38 surgeries which is a loss for mm. someone who's 23 years old mm. um, I have a zipper at the back of my head you know how people get zippers down the, down there um, on the chest I've got zipper at the back of my head um, and then I've got all these tubes that run down from my um, from my brain into my stomach to drain some fluid. And because uh, of all the IVs and stuff I've gotten over the years, I don't have veins anymore. So I've been given a central line. Mm. Right, right. So they can just access blood whenever they want, which right. is awesome. I don't have to get IVs anymore, which is just amazing. Yeah, maybe.
0: yeah. yeah. So what have you seen... You've obviously been close with people that you've been in different wards or... Oh, yeah. Um,
1: unfortunately, being a cancer patient comes up along with having a lot of cancer patient friends. Then that comes along with attending a lot of young people funerals. Mm. Mm. So um, I attended my first funeral for my friend who was at Canteen back in 2014. His name was James. Um, uh, he and his sister both have, both had cancer... Um, his sister Mary Jo is ambassador for the canteen organisation and then him James was uh, so they took out Mary Jo's eye because she had some cancer in the eye, they took out her eye and then her brother got diagnosed with the same thing in his leg and they took his leg and um, unfortunately he passed away at the age of 14 Um, and that was the saddest funeral I've ever been to so hearing a mum scream for his her dead son is something you never want to hear
0: how old were you at the time?
1: I was 17 mm. yeah so that was really really harsh mm. really really sad and then her, her, her his sister uh, I'm close to her tomorrow we're actually going surfing with me and me, me and Mary mm. Jo we're going to urban surf oh, which cool. is going to be good um so oh not tomorrow, Saturday. Oh, what am I saying? Um it's so um and then another funeral I attended with my friend Marissa, who I met her on camp and she she had end stage melanoma and we had she was eight months pregnant when she got diagnosed and then they had to abort the abort the baby because um if they didn't start chemo right then, because they would have, she would have died in childbirth, and she she wanted to keep the baby, but they said this baby won't survive with the treatment you're going to have, so sad. and you won't even you won't, you won't, won't, have a life, and we need to start treatment right now, or you're going to be dead in two weeks, oh, and um, so she she had the unfortunately had a um, abortion, forced abortion almost. Um, and then they started treatment and she didn't make more than two months and yeah, that was really, really sad it was really it's it's really sad when young people die and then I have my friend Laura who um, had, I only met her briefly but she, yeah, she had uh, I think sarcoma and she died um, uh, at the age of Seventeen, I think. Seventeen, yeah. Um, and then I was, it was, I started attending. I started when I started getting treatment in twenty fifteen. Uh, twenty, yeah, twenty fifteen. We were at the Peter Mac. I met this guy named Liam, and he had one leg because they took his leg from cancer, and he had. I, I, so he was walking with with crutches, um, and he had bone cancer, and he passed away, and. Um, he was most, one of the most resilient kids I've ever met. He was every—he was saying, "I'm going to beat this." He didn't care what the doctors were saying. He was saying, "I'm going to get through this, and we're going to—we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good life. I'm, I want to live until I'm 80." That he died at the age of 24. So, um, he didn't survive. Um, I, that was a really sad funeral. I went over with all my friends from the Peter Mac Hospital because we. Like made a, uh this thing. This we came together for this art group called Splice at the Youth Cancer Centre at the Peter Mac, where we did art and shared our experiences. Um, but unfortunately, quite a few people from the group didn't survive, mm. and we've had we've attended. I um, my friend is a, one of my friends who um, um is currently getting treatment. He is scheduled for. He, they said he was going to die but he's survived now which is good but now he needs a heart transplant because the chemo's destroyed his heart so he's living off battery powers and um, they put oh. in an artificial artificial pacemaker um so he's, he doesn't have an exist he doesn't have an atrium anymore so they've literally rebuilt his atrium and wow. um and put in a robotic heart for now and he's being he used to plug himself in at night to, to survive like a robot um the things you hear that wow. people go through yeah. oh my god um, and then I think about my own mortality through all of this and like it's you, it gets you thinking um, why do young people get cancer but then you you think um, I, I personally believe there's a plan for everybody in this world there's a reason you come into this world there's a reason you don't come into this world and um, I think that there was a plan. There was it was just it was set in stone that, that was I don't know. But mm. it's that's just my belief. So what mm. what kind of plan do you think it was for you? I don't know. I just feel like I, I want to be here to help people. So that's my go from my experiences I've um loved I've grown a desire to help people. So I've um when I turned um what was it? When I turned eighteen. I joined St John Ambulance, mm. which, if you don't know, is a volunteer organisation, like um, who provide first aid services. We, um, I've attended a lot, loads of jobs, um, and music festivals, and sporting events. Um. I, I think my, it's. I think the correlation it has between death and wanting to volunteer. is like, if I can help people while I'm here, mm. I think I'll be good up there. If there is something up there, I will be, I'll feel I'll be good up there. You think there might be something up there? I, I, I believe so. Mm. You're wearing a cross? I'm a Christian, yes. Yeah. Um, I do believe in Jesus. Um, some people might not, but that's my personal belief. Mm. Um, I believe if you... Follow the word of the Bible that you're uh, saved and, and yeah, and you have to. But but the the thing with the Bible is you no, no matter people say the Bible is racist, the Bible is homophobic, the Bible's never this. The Bible's none of that. The Bible's all the Bible tells you to do is love everybody the way you want to be loved, and do what you would do to your, for yourself do to everyone else and um, don't take life for granted because it's, it's a special
0: thing. Have you always had Christianity in your life? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I can see why people find that there might be some homophobic, um, trans- transphobic, all, that, all those stuff that they think it is, mm. but I personally believe if if you actually look into what it's actually saying, it says love everyone no matter what, Mm. and you have to love the person who you might walk past someone Mm. and you might only meet them for a second, but show them the respect that you want, Mm. the the respect that anyone would show anyone you would show to your own mother. Mm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I mean, what's powerful about that, Michael, is that you can do that, that you live live like that. Despite what the Bible says or what you interpret it to be, you live... Exactly, that's exactly...
1: Um, that's why I joined St John Ambulance and that's why I also started nursing and I graduated nursing in July Um, I should have graduated in October but I graduated in July now because I got sick and I had to take some time off Um, so I've done quite a few I've helped a lot of people and I've also started, I did some volunteering for Ambulance Victoria and I've attended quite a few cardiac arrests and sadly I've lost a few people but My greatest achievement was being able to resuscitate my grandfather on his birthday in front of 400 people. Um, So tell us about that day. So it was my grandfather's birthday. So my my granddad, um, his sister, and my grandfather's um, and his sister's husband are all born on the same day. What are the chances? Um, so it was their eightieth, and his ninetieth. Okay. So they were having a party all together, big family get together. So um, and my um, my g- grandma's my um, grandfather's sister's husband got on the dance floor to have a bit of a dance because he was turning ninety. He got on the dance floor, started started going at it, and then had a heart attack and collapsed. And he was he was dead. I didn't feel a pulse. Um, Luckily, um, I knew what I was... I'd never experienced that before. But luckily, because all my training in St John and seeing CPR quite a few times be done on people, I knew what to do. And I performed CPR for five minutes. Um, One of the people there was a doctor, so she helped out. And we performed CPR, gave rescue breaths, and we got a pulse back. And um, then the fire department came and Micah... Came and ambulance Victoria came, and then he went to the real, um, to the Royal Melbourne in the ambulance, and they said they. I went up to the ward the other um, to see him a few days later, and the doctor told me when he saw me, you saved his life. He wouldn't if if you didn't do CPR, he would have been dead. And since then, I've um, I've actually attended quite a. F- I, that's that's when I w- decided to join the the Good Sam First Responder app on which is Beyond and birds of Korea, so I joined that and within the next four months I attended four, ten 10 cardiac arrests.
0: What does that app involve?
1: Uh, so it's if you're a medical professional or a um, student or a qualifi- qualified in advanced first aid you can get this app on your phone mm-hmm. It gives, you, it gives you a location of a if a cardiac arrest happens within a kilometre of you or 500 metres it'll give you a location to go to and the nearest defibrillator oh wow um, so cool um, which, what's cool is I was in class one day and the tones went off and we had the defib in the in the um as we leave the building yeah. I grabbed the defib and I ran down down um Berk Street and um <sighs> down the guy and I started
0: super hero super
1: and then the fire department came and I'm like who the fuck are you I'm like, I'm like oh I'm with AV and they're like oh okay fair enough and then they were like uh, and, then they just, and then ambulance Victoria came and gave him a hand over and I went back back to class
0: back to class <laughs> so like nothing like happened
1: and then um, I was okay, on did, what? I was on the train, and uh, <laughs> how yeah. did
0: you? Sorry, could to interrupt, but how did you find the guy so quickly? Did so you... um, it
1: gives you an exact location. Oh, so it's wow. got okay. It's got the bit um, like military grade. Um, oh God. Um, mapping, so it's you can like see Pokemon exactly Go, where the person useful. is. Yeah. And wow. it, um, sorry, what was the other one that you were going to say? Um, so I um um I was on the train going to my girlfriend's house, and. The guy next to me had a cardiac arrest. The
0: and guy
1: sitting next. to The you.
0: guy sitting next to it. Oh my god! Yeah. So just by luck, the app. The, the app wasn't involved. The app wasn't no, no involved. <laughs> okay. No,
1: no and I started CPR. The, uh, it was a line train, so the conductor came. We started CPR. Um, we stopped the train, the nearest train station. Um, we kept going. Ambulance came. Fire department came. SES came. Police came. We were all working on this guy for 50 minutes. Unfortunately, he passed away. But it was a great team effort, and I learned a lot from it. But um, it was... It was um, Incredible, th- Michael. Those things happen. Um, I feel... You might have your losses, you might have your wins someday, but you gotta you got to count your wins. You're seeing a lot of death in your life. I see a lot of death. I, as, is, as a nurse... Um, I've, as a student nurse, I've seen a lot of death in the workplace. I've seen a lot of death at the hospital when I go to the hospital. I've seen family members pass away. Um, my uncle, my uncle Jim, he passed away in 2014. He had the worst condition in to man, known known as stone man syndrome. Mm. So he literally, he's literally, his body literally turned to stone and he died in unable to move. And, um, if I could see that, I could see anything. Mm. That was that was intensely horrifying. Um, unfortunately, um, yeah. Um, Does it ever make you I, scared of I, your I, own death? I, I, you- I I've, it, it makes you appreciate life a little bit more. Mm. So, how do I I've had, I've seen how easy death, our life, can be taken away. I am so lucky for what I have, and who I've got in my life at the moment. Uh, and my girl—I've got my girlfriend. She's amazing. Oh, there's a dog. There's a dog. Uh, so where's the park, guys? So there's a dog here. <laughs> um, oh,
0: another dog's back. Yeah. <laughs> another dog. The podcast. Oh
1: uh, yeah. Um, we often have dogs in our podcast. Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah. I've also recently joined the State Emergency Service. Wow. You awesome. With, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And i am been helping out with it. I can't, unfortunately, I can't do call-outs at the moment because of my health. So I've been helping out with, like, ma- um, training and setting up for things and assisting with interviews and stuff like that. And um, I've been, I've got an app on my phone that actually gets all the jobs in the area. And I can see all the jobs that are going on for the police, fire, SES and ambulance. Oh, my God, that is so cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, so, if we turn this towards you,
1: I I as I said before, um, I do this because I feel like it, it helps me, helps me mentally, physically, being able to help other people gives me strength to know that I'm doing a good thing and I'm making the most of my life because I didn't I, I didn't get some of those people that I've um, mentioned previously didn't get to experience these things in life so yeah. if i can live for them mm. that's that's what i want
0: and that's always there with you yeah 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 mm. yeah because so my next my, i was going to ask what makes you be able to be so calm and considered because mm. i've never met somebody that's responded to that many events even
1: uh at st john I, I, my first job the first job i ever attended was a guy cut off his own tongue um yeah. from a seizure. And I'd never, I'd never seen anything like that. All I remember is getting the patient coming to my first aid post um, on a stretcher. His tongue was in a bag, and he was on the stretcher. My job was to um, fill his mouth up with gauze and then um, give him some uh, monitor his vital signs until the ambulance got there. Then we transferred him from my stretcher to the ambulance stretcher, and then that was the first job I ever attended. And that was that was really weird <laughs> never never seen someone with his tongue cut off before no. how yeah how how do you remain so calm even the way you talk it, about if these you now? D- if you don't remain calm you become a mess and you don't know what you you forget what you have to do in the so the, the thing about emergency, emergency medicine or anything to do with like a, a high intensity situation is you have to remember to breathe mm. if you don't breathe you're going to be like everyone else who's watching and screaming <laughs> and being like yeah. help me, help me, help me but no, if you just have to get in there and yeah. um and um do what you do what you're trained to do. You you um so I was early in the early last year in July, um, because of COVID, I got a got asked for with St John to assist with testing. Testing for COVID testing COVID. Yeah. So we were in When we were still in Stage 3, St John and about 50 volunteers and about 15, 20 trucks um, got put to work in every suburb across the state, go door-to-door in the the high-risk suburbs and do testing and collect test kits, um, provide information, um, and uh, stuff like that. Um, We had... One of my shifts that I went to was, it was a quiet, it it was a very quiet day. We didn't do anything. We got, I started in the morning, I got 6am. Got to, we left the belt, we left for, we were in Pakenham. So we were left for Pakenham at 7 o'clock, we got there at 9 o'clock. Um, and, what was it? We had, on the way there, there was a car accident. So we were in an ambulance. Um with volunteers instead of actual paramedics. <laughs> so we stop, we put on the lights, we get out, we cordon off the scene, we stop all the traffic, um, we go to the patient, she's in shock obviously, she got a neck injury, the car's smashed up, there's a little kid involved, four-year-old, who's crying and screaming, the dad's all all, um, all over himself, and we get, um, we get on scene we call it in and then another two St John ambulances drive past, so they pull over as well and then the fire department comes the SES comes the the ambulance come and we're all just treating these people and um you feel like you you have to you have to stop and look at the situation or else you're going to get you're going to think of what am I doing you have to be able to keep yourself I know it sounds like I'm 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 very passionate about this no, type of no, I love this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you have to stop and look around you. You have to look at your surroundings, see what's going on. So, when we stopped, we realized there was some um, petrol on the ground. So, we immediately, we, as soon as the fire department got out there, we notified them and they got straight onto it. Mm. Um, they disconnected the battery, we got the patient out, out of the vehicle on a, with a collar and um, And the SES ripped apart the car. Thankfully, that was cool. I got to sit in the back seat holding the patient's head with a helmet on and all this cool equipment. And, well, the SES ripped apart the car. And, yeah, that was fun. (laughs) And, um, yeah. um, Another dog. Um, What I'm trying to get at is whatever comes your way just you, there's there's you have to breathe take things slow don't enjoy life don't take things for granted
0: it sounds like you see things for what they are at the time and that's yeah. why you're able to respond you don't you don't ruminate on things
1: like I tended, as I said I tended to a, sui- uh, a massive suicide and the lady was I'll, I'll tell you she got um split in two basically um um, so, the, so she got split in two. Um, the reason I didn't, the reason I got through it and didn't get mentally scarred is because I, you, you look th- for the next job. Hello, there's another puppy here. Um, dog park. Dog park, yeah. Um, so, um, you have to look for things what they are. You have to just look things what at the time, what's got, what's happening And move past it. It says something about the next job. You look look at the next for the next. You have to always looking at the next job. You're never looking at what happened. Mm. You'll debrief on it, and once it's done, you forget about it. Mm. When I become when I'm when I'm nursing, I don't I treat the patient. I might get There might be sad stuff involved. There might be family crying, but you have other people you have to treat. So you move past it and when you leave work you don't take it with you. You go home and you sleep and you live every day as if yeah.
0: I'm wondering Michael, that part of you that's able to do that, is that is that partly because you've been on the other end? You've yeah. seen Yeah. Yeah. i
1: I've, I've seen I've seen how people respond and I respond the same way. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah really
1: interesting. And with your own sickness at the moment?
0: How does that all link in?
1: Um so with my own sickness I've just I've as I said I just take everything slow. I don't go Mm. I don't rush. I say as with my own sickness I see what the doctors want me to do and I do it. If um if they say this is what's gonna happen, um I'll get to that point when I get to it. But for now, I'm happy, I'm me, I'm, I, yeah.
0: So you obviously use the same approach when you're working with people in crisis? Yes. In your own life? Yes, yes, yeah. definitely.
1: Yeah. You have to, um, you can't let things get to you. Otherwise you'll just be an emotional, physical and you'll be a wreck. You won't be able to, life will, life will grab you and it'll twist you into a ball, and it'll play with you like a yo-yo, and it'll throw you against the wall, or stomp on your head, and you, you you just have to let life, you have to grab life and break its neck and just take it your way. You dictate life. You dictate life. Mm. So what's life all about? Loving, every, loving your family, love just... Love is the, it's the main part of life. If you don't have love, you are nothing.
0: Mm. As much as a good boy.
1: Oh, is a puppy, is a dog, here. Yeah. Uh, for those listening. Third one? Yeah. Third dog. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just love everyone. Love your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your mum, your dad, brothers, sisters, aunties, uncles, grandma, grandparents. Love, love as much as you can, because one day they'll be gone, and you'll you'll have nothing but photos to remember by. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we were just talking about that in the car.
0: Oh yeah, well, I mean, we were talking about um, you know people you lose and people that mean the most to you, and people almost don't live as don't live as if people, people around us are going to die. You know, it's, 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 we, we assume that people are going to be around forever.
1: Yeah. Mm. Which is sad case is they're not. They're not going to be around forever. Um, just like you lose your, your childhood pet, you lose your mum, you lose your dad, you lose your brother, you lose everyone in your life, you lose your grandparents, um, your best friend from school is going to pass away. Mm. Um, everyone's going to die, but we're not sure when, we're not sure how, not sure... Um, well, it, they say there's two things in life, um, guaranteed, death and taxes. Um, taxes? Yeah. Um, have <laughs> you ever heard that? No, uh, I missed out on that saying. Oh. Yeah. Why? see it guaranteed death and taxes, and and even when you die, you've got you've got to pay. People have to pay your funeral, which is even worse. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. You're literally paying to die. It yeah. costs more to die than it costs to live. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's one of the first things people say as well. Is what, what are we going to do with the funeral? The funeral, the, it's the, the ridiculous cost and
1: ah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it sucks. With um, yeah, I I don't know what else to say. I think I've I've said quite a bit for this podcast. I've we've gone deep into a lot of stuff, mm. and we've um. Yeah, we've had some interesting talks about some interesting things do you, do you have anything that you so, want to say to the listeners uh, Is something uh, if anyone's going through chemo um, you guys can you guys can can if you ever go through chemo i'll tell you what it's like um, so if it just there's a random thing so uh, i was having chemo it's like somebody someone's feeding you feeding you poison and then you, you tell them to stop, but they keep feeding you poison, and you feel like shit for a month. And then it, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but all, all I want to know is that chemo is shit. Is what I'm trying to say. Chemo okay. <laughs> is shit. Yeah, shit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I lost my track, sound of thought, but chemo was shit. Yeah. Um, but if you've got people around you, it makes it better. Mm. It makes things better. Just, yeah. yeah, family helps. Friends help. Also going on long walks and thinking about nothing looking at looking at the the stars mm. thinking about the universe and is that thunder yes speaking of the universe <laughs> yeah. the universe is talking to us guys it's um, telling us it's time to leave because <laughs> 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 you might quickly have an emergency <laughs> on that app that you need to respond to <laughs> yeah
0: that's, that's, that's a really beautiful way to end I reckon yeah I
1: think um, I, I loved that conversation and I think you know you um, you have so much so many different paths that you could go down uh, I mean I, I want to keep talking to you in a way but the universe is and if you guys um, want to find me yeah. um, my name is Michael Acalos on TikTok yeah um, at a-R-K-A-L-I-S.
0: Yeah, and we'll put it on the Yeah, we'll put it on the, the description.
1: description. So you can come check me out. Um, I post, I try to post daily. Today I had nothing to post about, so I didn't post anything.
0: Oh, no, you didn't.
1: <laughs> I can, I can, I can We're going to go for a coffee at the Garnies and we'll make a TikTok then. <laughs> Alright. Uh-huh. Well, I'll turn the recording off. Alright, thanks guys.
0: That was Making Sense of Chaos. A podcast about death, dying, love, grief, and hope.
1: Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.